Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage. You are five minutes late. How dare you? <laughs> I just got a haircut. You just got a haircut? Is that why you're late? No, I was late because my computer was taking forever to do what I wanted it to do. You look amazing. Wow. You are swagged out, my dude. Thanks, man. I have a belligerent beef sweatshirt on. Oh, dude, hell yeah. Which I'm you always can... repping, too. Oh, yeah. Damn it. I'm the only one not wearing belligerent beef gear. I'm sorry. But you're wearing a Wu-Tang shirt, which is I am wearing. Cool I'm wearing my, uh, my, my go-to. I kind of stopped wearing, like, actual official uh, team license gear. Kind of just across the board. We, we, we give Oregon State a hard time. Uh, Betty gives Oregon State a really hard time <laughs> for this unsocial. <laughs> Um, but that's, you know, we're, we're pretty consistent with that. But yeah, so uh, years ago, I forgot where I was when I found this, but I just found a, a purple and yellow Wu-Tang shirt and was like, this is my Vikings game day shirt now. So I got it and I wear it when the Vikings play. And uh, we've got some Oregon State flavor uh, tonight. We're recording this on Sunday night, January 2nd. It's 6.37 p.m. Central Time, 4.37 p.m. Pacific Time. And uh, the Vikings are about to play the Packers at Lambeau and our goofy ass quarterback kirk cousins who i will try to not say a lot of things about because i have capital t thoughts on him tested positive for covid and is not vaccinated so he can't play so oregon state legend sean Mannion, a great young Mannion dude i had a class with it we had uh, i had drugs and sports with sean Mannion. shout they, out drugs drugs they, no jp i think you took that class too i think you took it the year i did take the class yeah, yeah. Um, it's super interesting, but so Sean Mannion will start for the Minnesota Vikings tonight. We're recording this before the game. You're listening to this after that game has been played. Maybe we'll do an emergency meetup if Sean like breaks the single game passing record and just dazzles the national audience and gets the Vikings back into playoff position. <laughs> um, so I'm excited uh, about that. Uh, you guys are coming off a pretty pretty good uh, Niners win. Yeah, yeah. Tra- Trey Lance, way to go Trey Lance. He looked Sorry. a lot better in the second half. He did. It was the perfect scenario for you guys, too, because the Niners won. They're still in it. And so you're in a good mood. You're about to, which makes for happy podcasting. And our guy, Brandon Cooks, who is on the other side of things, uh, but he had a good game, at least, for the Houston Texans. So Brandon Brandon Cooks is still balling. Hey, I want to go back to the uh, drugs and sports. That could have been like an alternate name for our podcast. <laughs> we could. That's we true. Could. Is it too late to change it? I, I, I like belligerent views, but drugs and sports is kind of what we are doing. Is that what the class was called? Drugs and sports? It was drugs in sports. Oh, uh, drugs in sports. Right. And it I believe so, right? It was drugs in yeah. sports, I think. Dr- yeah. yeah. It was in like sports. Hit- I guess uh, you couldn't really call that anything else, but that's just a weird that doesn't flow off the right. tongue for a college course. Well, and a lot of it too is like about like sports psychology and uh and like treatment and things too. Mm. Um it was really interesting and uh Jess Lewis uh, co-taught it with uh, a doctor, actually, uh, Oregon State wrestling legend, Jess Lewis. Um, so he was awesome. And he's just the coolest dude. So it was fun to uh, spend time with him. And, you know, one of one of the more interesting classes I took in college. And hmm. uh, I, I was now there's a there is small we were broke up into small groups for, for presenting. And I was with uh, Oregon State football player uh, Malcolm Marable. Uh, but I was not with I was not in Sean Mannion's group. Uh, for that class dang 
Did you guys go talk at the uh, local grade school? Yeah, yeah, the local elementary school. You had to like give a presentation, and I, not that's his shit on any classes I took at Oregon State, but they're like you're presenting to like uh like junior high students, and I was like presenting what, and they're like whatever you want, and I was like okay, so like Malcolm and I like just kind of like this is what's going to be important as you keep going up. <laughs> that would be so intimidating. I feel like middle school kids are the meanest people in the world. <laughs> that would give me ultimate stage fright. What, what's fun? So they knew that like a bunch of like kids in this class were like athletes at Oregon State. So I think they kind of just assumed everyone was. So like they got these like little like, like, like pieces of paper to get, autographs from football players if they wanted to afterwards so malcolm and i did it and then they came up and they're asking for malcolm's autograph and the first kid who got malcolm's autograph handed the thing to me and asked me to sign it too and i'm like (laughs) i can either do it and just be like a fraud or i can say no and like i'm an asshole And I just, I was like, all right. So I signed it too. <laughs> I signed like 20 more autographs after that. Cause I was like, well, yeah, it was the two of them. So I don't know. You, you left that middle school feeling like such a boss, Terry. I really did not. I, trust me. <laughs> you know, the, the ego of a person, you know, ebbs and flows with age, but trust, I was, I think 22 at the time. I was not immature enough to like take that. And in stride me like, you can't tell me nothing today. 20, 12 year olds just asked for my autograph. I'm the I, shit. I feel like you should have a, a video montage of you walking off slowly with like Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, just- JP, play <laughs> five seconds of Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. And now I'm mad at you for getting to the first JP, please play five seconds of the episode uh, because I got to give a shout out to our guy tracks a million who tragically, tragically passed away, Uh, found out about it just a couple hours ago. Um, JP, please play five seconds of super hyphy and yellow bus and any other tracks a million classic that you want to bestow upon us. What it do? so many so many just cuts and as a uh you know sheltered midwesterner who came uh to oregon state for college uh it was my freshman year when tracks a million and bay area music was uh, introduced to me so he was a, a big part of my experience in corvallis and also just my, my life ever since so devastating loss for for the music industry and also just the hyphy movement in general JP, the one Bay Area native on this on this show, uh, give me your uh, one minute eulogy or just thoughts on um, on Tracks a Million. Oh man, Tracks a Million was like if you recognized any hyphy song, you'd recognize Tracks a Million because he was probably the ultimate producer of the majority of these uh, popular tracks as they burst on the national scene. But if you didn't know it was a Tracks A Million song, you clearly were not listening to the beginning when they would always say, Tracks A Million! <laughs> <laughs> so you knew it was one of his songs. You knew it was going to be a cut. Um, really from Super Hyphy with Keek the Sneak onward, uh, he had like a great variety in the, his sound. 
high feet that most people sounds the same. Just a bunch of like springy sounds and boingy sounds and heavy bass. Burping sounds? <laughs> no, no burping sounds. Maybe maybe some burping sounds. They wouldn't they would no, they wouldn't avoid them. <laughs> that's uh just that's just a genuine thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, rest in peace to tracks a million. Some of the greatest cuts through college for sure, produced by that guy. Mm. And uh for me being a Bay Area native coming up to Oregon and everyone's love for hyphy music at that time was pretty cool because the Bay Area, like other than the dot com boom, like didn't really have a whole lot to hang his hat on uh, outside of California. So hearing people tell me how much they loved our music was uh, was really cool. And so Jackson was a big part of that. So rest in peace. For sure. Rest in peace. And speaking of Bay Area hip hop. Uh, the rapper who has been mentioned on the show most, um, our our king, uh, our savior, our social media intern, Andre Nicotina, uh, is coming to Portland for Andre Day <laughs> on Saturday, January. 20th. That's right. We haven't uh, we haven't put pen to paper or uh, hit any uh, purchase confirm buttons yet, but I think we're gonna try and make this happen. Yeah, and it's also from like 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> that's the best part. Saturday for 2 p.m. Betty, you said uh, like, what's what a weird time for a concert. And then I, I've like, just oh, never gone to a concert in I, a day. Nikki's 55, and he knows his fans are probably all between the ages of 30 and 60. Yeah. And um, if because I'm there's no way that he hits the stage at two. But now that you see that it's two to eight, I would guess he probably hits the stage around seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, but then you can still get home for a nice night of sleep, old balls that we are. Um, so if you're in Portland or you know can have means to get to Portland, uh, Saturday, January 22nd at the Roseland Theater, we might be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure because I do, I do still want to try and make this a men's basketball, women's basketball trip happen, which would just be a few weeks later, but flights right now are like the opposite of what they were during like all the bowl games and shit you mean so, people like, aren't trying to fly to portland in the middle of january yeah what let's say let's say uh once andre day news reaches uh both coasts i think uh the the prices are going to skyrocket well beyond the 1200 dollar uh number we saw during bowl season <laughs> last holiday season so i might be i might be coming out for both weekends you guys i i, I feel like i should um, I feel like I can, and I feel like I will. Those are three good reasons. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was telling my family about this. So I'm in the Bay Area right now in Half Moon Bay, California, yep. and uh, celebrating New Year's. And by the way, Happy New Year's and Happy New Season and Episode 30, by the way. Yeah. So much happiness. Yeah. Ha happy New Year, Beaver fam. Yeah, really. Happy New Year. We love you. We do. We love you. One of the uh, one of the things I told him was about, hey, there's going to be the um, Andre Day in Portland. I'm going to try to go to this and give him a belligerent beeves something. <laughs> and they were like, don't do that. He comes here to Half Moon Bay all the time. We can just give him something for free. What? So he goes. So I supposedly he goes to uh, a bar called Old Princeton Landing, OPL, to the locals. And he performs in a room that's like the size of the average living room. 
and hangs out the rest of the night just drinking beers because he knows the uh, bar owner. So that's probably one of his most like frequented watering holes is out here. Um, unfortunately, he's not here now, I guess. But uh, it would be nice to head out to OPL and maybe bump into Andre Nicotina. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get some VIP passes for Andre Day or something. <laughs> Yeah. Why why aren't you there right now? You should just be there waiting. Just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um I love I love stories like that. My so my sister I've mentioned several times before and you guys know this lives in New Orleans and there's this one bar there that's been pointed out to me that is apparently Manny Fresh's favorite bar and that he goes there a lot and like <laughs> will randomly just get on stage and spit but really just like wants to like hang out and like drink with people at the bar so i've gone to that bar several times and it is very fun they always play great music but i've been you know maybe four or five times at this point i always try to make it over there every new orleans trip and i've never been there when manny's been there and i just want to hang out with manny fresh in a new orleans like local bar so bad uh, <laughs> that is a name i have not heard in so long did he rapped with like jermaine dupree right Manny Fresh, now, what? yeah, what? Dude. Man, oh, man, Manny Fresh, Manny Fresh, was <laughs> yeah, that's what cash I know money. it from, but I don't know what song that is. One half, one half of the Big Timers, dude. JP, please play oh. five seconds of "Still Fly" by the Big Timers. <laughs> so, his, Big Timers was Manny Fresh and Baby. So he like launched. He re- was like instrumental in launching Lil Wayne's career. Yeah. Got it. And he got his roll on and told you and to he got get his your roll, roll on, on a lot. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> that song. Get, get your roll on. Please play five seconds of Get Your Roll On, JP. <laughs> We're for sure getting sued at this point. <laughs> get your roll on. Get Your Roll On is the easiest song in the history of rap music to sing along to. <laughs> There's it's, only four words. <laughs> it's And they're very, very, like the beat's fast, but like it's uh, enunciated slow. It's like the opposite of any Bone Thugs and Harmony song. <laughs> what do you think was going through the person's head because you know how each album has to have like a lot of times if you open up a cd they'll have like the lyrics to each song in inside the album cover right and what <laughs> you are dating yourself <laughs> what what do you think the person that had to write out the lyrics to get your roll on was thinking i guess I mean, they had to write that down or what do you think Manny Fresh was thinking when he wrote, when he the wrote lyrics? his lyrics? He was just like, this is going to be a banger. And it was. He, yeah, he just knew it was going to be a banger. I think the person, I don't know, typing the lyrics for the CD booklet, um, for uh, about half of our audience, the CD booklet went inside <laughs> of the CD case. And the and CD, a CD was a disc that had music on it. <laughs> it's, which stands for compact disc. And you would put the compact disc in a CD playing machine or CD player, and then the music would come out. How that happened, I don't know. We never Revol- knew. Revolutionary <laughs> technology. And then once computers came around, you could put that CD into a computer and put all of that music right onto that computer. Then you could take a blank CD and do just like songs a la carte and put <laughs> your favorite songs from multiple artists on just any random blank CD. And then you'd have like your own ultimate mix or playlist. Yeah, but also really, we still call them like mixtape CDs. Which Mixed is days. kind of an oxymoron, but still, it uh, it made sense for us transitioning from the cassette life to that CD CD world. I kind of miss yeah. that. Remember, do, ma- just making those. It was so exciting. The process was amazing. It was a great gift to give too. Like, uh, g- like give a gift of a mix CD you made for someone else. 
super thoughtful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you really had to put some thought into like, all right, what song's going to come next, right? Like, how we are we going to go with the same kind of like BPMs? Are we just switching genres altogether? Is this is this kind of like uh, some sort of narrative mixtapes right. where you're like, oh, this song has to come after this one because the messaging just makes more sense that way. Right. There's so a lot of I, I, I was I was one of those kids though that didn't get the concept that like a mixtape that you would give to your best friend would have different songs on it than the mixtape that you would give to the girl that you like. So I'm sure there's just like a number of girls in the Portland area that have like, where's the party at by Jagged Edge on a mixtape. Oh, it was just all my favorite songs. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, so with Valentine's day coming up, you want to come up with a gift that not just everyone's doing like jewelry, basic, yeah. Flowers, everyone does that. Chocolate cliches. Mixed CD, you're you're giving your significant other part of history. That's Stand right. Stand out <laughs> this holiday season. And buy so buy a case of blank CDs from Memorex using belligerent beeves at checkout. <laughs> they they're just trying to give them away. <laughs> I still have a stack of blank CDs that is like two feet tall that have never been touched because I bought them. Right as the revolution occurred where we stopped making <laughs> mixed CDs. And like, what do you do with them? Like half of my computers I've owned since 2007 don't even have a CD player. Do places like Staples had to have had so many blank CDs <laughs> just sitting on empty shelves for so long? Right. Yeah. My car has a CD player, but I literally just realized it. And I've been driving this car for almost two years now. So, dude, our car, we just turned in our old lease and got the same car with the newest one. And the old one had like a six CD, whatever, in the glove changer in the glove compartment, which I was like, whoa, glove compartment CD changer. That's real fancy. And then hell yeah, dude, this one doesn't even have it. It's like the top of the line model. They're like, (laughs) we're not even including CDs anymore. It's just that's it. They're gone. Cars of like the 90s and like early on, they had like the six CD changer was like the thing where you could put like just like you put like your six favorites in there. And then not have to like readjust like for a while. So I remember it was like an icebreaker, uh, maybe a little bit older than we are, but like at like a social setting, be like, like what stick CDs are in your CD changer right now? And then that would like reveal something about you. Um, um, anyway, we've been talking about this for too long. RIP tracks a million. Um, and also see you soon, Andre Nicotina. Um, Speaking of Audrey, can I go? Can I go first on beers, though? Yes. Oh, yeah. We haven't given you first on beers for a long time. That's right. So I'm gonna let you go first now. This time, suck it, Benny, because you don't yeah. drink beer on the show anymore, and I've noticed, and I'm offended. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't. I don't care how goddamn good your hair looks right now. It is glorious. Holy shit, dude! I can't stop looking at it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> I was happy with it. We really should be a podcast for your eyes at this point. We are a podcast for your eyes. We're handsome as hell. I will never (laughs) stop saying this. But anyway, (laughs) let's move into the beverages that are keeping us company tonight. Um, Especially, JP, I'm hoping you're coming in with a banger since it is very apparent that you're just at a family party right now. Yeah. Uh, Listener, that's the background. That's my children. (laughs) JP's children are screaming, uh, but also his very wonderful family members are probably, hopefully having a good time. Please tell them all we say hello. I will. Um, I will. Let us know what uh, kind of beer you're 
sure here. i'm still representing for the coast side here in california i'm uh drinking a double ipa shocker but what? Uh, it is from hop dogma brewing out here in uh, half moon bay in el granada area and it's called oh. ben you'll like the label and everything else smile medication Ooh. <laughs> nice i like that that looks real too that's, that's, that's a really cool yeah that's a cool design that is why we do need to be a podcast for your eyes because that is, jp described this a little bit it's like uh it kind of looks like as if you had medical marijuana in a can but it's actually hops with a like a, a medicine label on it and so it says for example Smile medication, double IPA, take one by mouth every day. Not intended for suppository. Refills highly recommended. <laughs> nice. nice. I always like the little text that they put on those things. Dead. Yeah, that's, that's a funny. that's a job I've always wanted. And never yeah, to be clever. You do. You do. But, Are you uh, saying I'm not? I'm saying you're clever. <laughs> you're clever. You might you might get that job someday. You yeah. yeah. Shoot for the stars, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Benny, looks like you're drinking water um, and might be edibled up. But do you do you have any info to share? Uh, yeah. Spices category here? Yeah, I had a um, sour watermelon edible from Smokies, and it was really good. Uh, it tasted really good, uh, and it feels really good. So um, shout out to Smokies. Tight. Yeah. And sour watermelon sounds like a better flavor than mango habanero. Oh, spicy was, mango. Oh, God. <laughs> that was so bad. It tasted so bad. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. It's like the opposite of sour. sour wa- the, the sour watermelon sour patch kids version is like my favorite candy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like in, in edibles, uh, like every once in a while you'll get one where you're like, oh, man, I wish they made this without THC in it so I could just eat a eat lot it. of them just do it anyways um, and this this is this is one of them yeah yeah except i had a podcast that i had to be on that <laughs> yeah. i get sorry. to be on sorry yeah, you get to be on and you get are... you get to be high while you do it too it's actually encouraged um, yeah it's great to, tonight i am drinking um uh, a friend of mine who is over uh, a few nights ago left these here so thank you nathan this is very generous um Local Minnesota. It's also purple, so holding on with the purple theme on this uh, Vikings game night from uh, Minnetonka, Minnesota, purified in the waters of Lake Minnetonka from Boom Island Brewing Co., a uh, Silvius Belgian-style pale ale, and I thought I had a clean Vikings pint glass to drink it out of, but I don't, so I'm drinking it out of this pint glass I got with uh, the homie Eric Hoy, shout out Ehoy, uh, from a brewery called Mino Beer which is in Japan. So not really one we could just order beer from, but I remember going to that tap room with Eric and loving it. So shout out to Boom Island and shout out to Mino Beer. And this Belgian style pale ale specifically uh, combines light hot bitterness and a toasted malt backbone with delicate peppery spiciness. It finishes medium to dry with a hint of malt flavor returning for an encore. So that's up your alley. Hit up Boom Island, boys. And can we get um, Purple Rain by Prince played five seconds worth for how much purple (laughs) is 
at Terry's apartment right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. And Five seconds worth of I that, please. Love you didn't even say my name. Yeah, JP. Please. <laughs> that was so directed to yeah. JP. Ben, we have to JP, protocol. will you please? We have a protocol on this show, sir. Denied. <laughs> JP, please play five seconds of Purple Rain by Prince. There you go. <laughs> Dude, this year on my Spotify wrapped, uh, Prince was once again uh, my most played artist, which I think it's it's been that way basically every year since he's died for my Spotify. But this, something new this year was they said they like let you know like what percentile you're in. I was in the top 0.5% of prince listeners that's not and surprising at all that but that dude has some diehards man like i feel like that's a really aggressive amount of prince in one year it's like most it's people it's like oh you're in the top five percent of listeners for this artist so anyway we did not come here to talk about spotify or prince although we can talk about prince whenever you guys know i'm down for that we're here to talk about oregon state sports or more accurately, sport. <laughs> just like last time, there's been only well, there's there there has been more than one one event. Uh, there is one one thing that happened last week uh, when we recorded. It was the Oregon State bas- men's basketball's victory over Nichols slash Nichols State, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they beat Nichols. They won. Um, Oregon State men's basketball beat Utah in. Uh, the, the full slate of conference play opening. So the Beavs are on a winning streak, 88-76. I know the wrestling team opened. Uh, I think they've got a couple wins. So they they beat Utah Valley. Um, so there has been more than one thing happening. Uh, but it's still the slow part of the year. So listeners, thank you so much for rocking with us. But uh, definitely a big win for, for Beaver basketball. And JP, you've been saying it uh, – all along, uh, when we get Jerry Lucas going, uh, we're we're a different kind of team, and he definitely uh, filled it up uh, the other night against the running Utes. Yeah, yeah, and not really from three, which is what I've been mostly clamoring for. Though two of five, if he's going to shoot forty percent from three, which he's like a he's like forty forty two percent from three for the season, he still should shoot more threes because those buckets should be just easy points for him. But getting to the line this game got him obviously most of his points, which is great to see. But all in all, just look at looking at the box score, it looks like the team we thought we'd see, where we had healthy lines across everyone who played. Um, we saw great shooting. We saw pretty pretty good defense as well. And like all the stars contributed. The one thing I thought was interesting was that uh, Wayne Tinkle only played nine guys. Well, he, and, only had, he only had nine guys available, I think. But but still, what I'm talking about is maybe he's been reaching too far into the bench mm. to try to find the right pieces to plug in. That having a shorter bench kind of made him like stick with guys and not overcomplicate some of these rotations. And in, in my mind, I think that was probably one of the biggest problems at the beginning of the season was trying to get the right guys in there to mesh. And he was just playing so many guys to try to do that and nothing was really sticking. And and I think when there's less options and you just ride your dudes through thick and thin, like we see what happens. Like everybody, double digit scoring across all the starters. Um, Kalu, Kalu had some good contributions as well. But uh, yeah, when Jared Lucas is hot, 
the team's going to win. And that's that's the bottom line. Because even even when Alatiche, even when we were losing, Alatiche still had some pretty good games. But what was missing was Lucas. Lou Cash. Lou Cash, baby. Well, I think you bring up a good point, too. Like, if you're playing too many players from a player's perspective, that that has to be difficult to build confidence with that. Like, knowing that, like, you're going to get a handful of minutes each game. Like I feel like you just try to cram so much into those few minutes that you end up playing poorly. So I like that. I like and that was like an observation I, I had seen on social media from other Beaver fans is that uh, it looked like a lot of these guys were playing for themselves. It wasn't like there wasn't a lot of team chemistry and some of that could be pointed to maybe a lack of like a, a real leader, like, or somebody that's like a vocal leader or a lead by example leader, whatever. But I think a lot of it is what you're saying, Benny, is like they're all clamoring to make sure that they get, they get minutes and they don't yeah. have a lot of time to showcase themselves to do so. So of course they're kind of playing for themselves. They want to be, they're all, most of these transfers came because we're an elite eight team, right? period. You don't transfer to a team that's down and out. Like, Unless you had other issues, CJ Giles. <laughs> but you'd have to think these guys came here. They're like, this is a great program on the ups, like on the rise. They've got a they've got a good coach. They've got a great coaching staff. They've got tons of history, great fans. I need to make sure I'm grabbing my minutes then. And I think that was a big, a big problem that we faced for that right. wonderful 10 game stretch <laughs> well and it was right. too, like we going into the season we're like oh dang like this seems deep but also it has tons of newcomers so not to put lipstick on a pig or try to excuse a, a 10 game losing streak uh some of which coming you know no disrespect intended but like against teams that you just have to beat if you want to be considered uh a march madness team from a power five uh, conference. Um, but yeah, that's a great point, JP, that it was probably easy in a lot of those games where things weren't going well for Tinkle to, you know, just mess with the lineup and, you know, put this guy and this guy in, but like the just restrictions and limitations of, uh, players who are available kind of force his hand a little bit. And it's like, all right, yeah, we're going to ride these dudes. And, uh, Dexter Cano had, had a good game as a starter. Um, and he's someone who's, you know, trying to get more minutes. Uh, Deshaun Davis really does look like the real deal. Um, <clears throat> I know, uh, Sam from the Peyton years told us that, uh, when we had him on, uh, before, before the season started. Uh, so it's still that 10 in the last column is a huge black eye on this, but, the team hosts Sacramento State finally tomorrow. Like, we'll see if it actually happens. I feel like this is a well, game. Wait, we happen. won't see. We won't see it because it's not on TV. Um, <laughs> but hey, so if you're <laughs> if you're in the area, uh, Oregon State, uh, like a makeup, makeup, makeup game is hosting Sacramento State, three p.m. Pacific time at Gill. Uh, well, you're not. You're listening to this after the game has taken place. But <laughs> I, I hope you were able to play hooky from work and maybe made the trek to Gill to ch check out some basketball. <laughs> um. So, the, but then, it, so like, let's um, let's just be optimistic and say we got this win. Then you got a three-game winning streak going into a Civil War matchup with the Ducks on Saturday, and then if you beat the Ducks, regardless of how good they are, they're a team I can't really figure them out. Uh, they've right. played some decent ball so far this year. They're eight and six, and uh, it sucks. But I all, just always assume Dana Altman's going to do a good job <laughs> and put a decent team together. But they they're kind of an enigma, and they look like a team that you can you know get up on. So if 
we end up with a victory against Sacramento State and then back it up with another one at home against the Ducks, you're still five and ten, but you've played your best ball recently. And getting a win against your rival, like that's what you need to at least like get this season back on like back on track to like, okay, like we can do something ostensible with the 15 or so games we have left. Right. Well, and also like the committee is going to be picking, they pick based on who's playing well at the time of the tournament too. So if Oregon state does somehow figure it out and starts blowing through conference play, uh, looking good against other really good teams, then I don't, I mean, mean, like with 10 losses, you almost, you rule out getting an automatic bid. Um, But I don't think that's totally, totally out of the question. You mean at (laughs) large bid? Yeah. At large bid, yeah. But like, so this is the way the country talks about the Pac-12. Like UCLA, USC, and Arizona are both really legit fucking good teams this year. Yep. If we like, not that we'd run the table, but say we got, because we're not going to have any impressive non-conference wins. Oh, that Iowa State loss is now looking like an impressive non-conference loss. Holy shit, they look awesome. <laughs> but if we were to beat USC, UCLA, and Arizona, people would just be like, oh, see, the Pac-12 sucks. Yeah, we, true. We, we knew it. We knew it. And then <laughs> we'd fuck up their seating and like we'd still get invited to the CBI or some, some <laughs> shit. But the season's <laughs> not over and a loss to, to Nichols, it really would have felt over. And I don't know, like at, if you're two and 10 and then and you lose to lose to Utah, you're, it's probably kind of expected, but I was like pretty pleasantly surprised when um, I caught up on the game and, and saw what was happening. So yeah. They got their work cut out for them, certainly, but there are buckets to be gotten and uh, opportunities to be had. Yeah, and, and also, just like talking about going forward and whatnot, um, I'm hoping everything's okay with Johnny Hunt. Missed his third game the other day in a yeah. row for personal reasons. Would love for him to stay on the team. I don't know what the deal is. Hopefully, everything's okay. Love Gianni. Yeah, so sending sending a lot of good vibes his way, and hopefully we'll see his return soon as well because he'd be he's yep. a major contributor to the team for sure. On the uh, our our other great basketball team, the women's team still haven't played <laughs> since that win <laughs> against Northern Iowa. Um, everything that's been reported, it's due to uh, COVID uh, issues inside of within other programs. So it looks like uh, but also the Colorado game was postponed because they had the fire. Oh yeah, Colorado. that's true. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. wow. So, yeah. Love, love to all of our friends in Colorado and specifically the Boulder area. That's some scary stuff. Yeah, wow. it's the it's so. the end of December and we're having wildfires. That Jesus. is insane. Yeah, and hundred mile per hour winds too. That's yeah. crazy. That was a crazy circumstance out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they haven't hit the floor in a while. Um, at the moment, it looks like this uh, road trip to the Bay. Uh, is is a go and they they will be playing uh this weekend uh friday at cal and sunday against uh the number two ranked stanford cardinal so that'll be a huge game for the women's basketball team um so we will be for sure keeping tabs uh on that best of luck to uh coach ruick and uh, his squad um because that would be that would be fucking awesome after not getting to watch this team play for like the last two weeks if they were able to pull uh, a crazy upset against Stanford, 
Um, that would be awesome. And that game can be seen on Pac-12 Network. Dude, what's up, Matt Bauman? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, oh, Shay, Shay. <laughs> We've we, we've got we've got rival fans in the house. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Benny's gone. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Um, although, okay, so we just got ambushed by uh, J- JP's family. His a uh, his wildcat uh, brother-in-law and his Bruin father. Shout out to Jimbo Bertram. Hey, my dad just retired on Friday. Congrats! Congrats! Yeah, congrats, Jimbo. That's awesome. We should we we should have him on sometime. Talk talk some Bruins basketball. Yeah, talk some UCLA memories. He's got stories. He's got memories, and we should for sure have your brother in law Matt on to talk uh, talk Arizona basketball. Yeah, um, or Arizona memories. Those would be interesting. Or Arizona memories. Yeah, if if he has any recollection <laughs> of his, his time at the University of, of Arizona. Um, okay, that was yeah, that was a great little um, uh, sidetrack. Um, <laughs> And Benny, where did you go? I don't know. My internet cut out on me for like 15 seconds. And so I, anyways, had to rejoin. Awesome. Well, we can uh, shift gears now um, with that to the football team. There haven't been games, but there is news. And the big news on this day is that Jaden Grant is coming back, y'all. Boom. That's right. back for his final year of eligibility. Number three in your programs is number one in your hearts. JG, I am so happy he's he's coming back. Um, I have no, you know, bad feelings or ill will towards anyone who's not coming back. Uh, I want people, you know, you do you, uh, do what's best for you and your family and for your future. But seeing uh, Jaden Grant back with the secondary next year and improving secondary that he was, you know, one of the main bright spots of uh, that has the potential to be really good. Um, that's, that's awesome. That is awesome news for us. Agreed. I feel like the, uh, I'm not terribly worried about the offense next year, but the defense needed um, somebody who is established and uh, a veteran, especially on that secondary. So that, that right. is great news. And, you know, I, I know we'll we'll see more uh, news coming coming back of who we know for sure. But uh, it looks like you know we'll have Alex Austin and Elton Julian back for sure. Uh, so getting those guys back for you know another another year with uh, the young talent that we've got coming in and uh, the guys who are able to develop this year, the secondary really could be a strong point next next season. Yeah, and one thing that I think this tells me, like, and this is not a shot against the guys who left early to go to the NFL because obviously go get your bag. You've earned it. But I think there was years in the past where players that were eligible, even if they had no hope of playing the NFL, would still declare because it was a lost cause with this program. And now you see guys coming back that do potentially have a chance of being like a fringe player in the NFL as it stands. And they're coming back because they know this program's still on the rise and I want to be a part of that ride. And I think that that's really, really cool to see getting these guys back. And, you know, hopefully we see more of it. I think, but I think it's healthy to have a team that does lose guys to the NFL. But I think it's also equally as healthy to see guys like Jaden Grant, stature, return to the team for one more ride. Well, I agree for sure. West Lynn kid, you know, Oregon, uh, you know, born and raised. So, uh, happy that he'll be back for for one more year and trying to 
make make something special happen for for this program um great great to see great to have him back um and then on the opposite side of that uh right after i think it was right after we were done recording last week uh, bj baylor announced that he <laughs> will be going to uh, the nfl draft um nothing but the best of luck to you bj oh yeah and, uh, thank you thank you for this year because like i like i echo ben's optimism about the offense i think it's definitely just sort of a next man up type thing um especially at the running back position where we've been strong in the past and we've recruited well and i think we've recruited well again and we got some guys who didn't even play this year who i'm really excited to watch but bj a dude who sat behind guys like artavis pearson jamar jefferson and just been at the program for a while waiting his turn and then had this special season that he had this year um just really happy uh, to see what he was able to produce in his final season as a beef and wish that guy nothing but the best of luck. But uh, definitely our offensive MVP from this season. Um, the loss is going to hurt, uh, but I think we're uh, able to uh, uh, move, move on and, and grow still. Yep. And, and best of luck to him. And on a personal note, um, you remember this story, right? Did I tell the story about losing my kid on the field? Yes, you saw. <laughs> you told that yeah. last week. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. But like, yeah, the fact that he still took a photo with me, just me, <laughs> <laughs> oh, makes yeah. me makes me a big fan. And by the way, do you know what BJ stands for? I don't. I mean, Benny. <laughs> Uh, Betty, uh, Betty wants no. to say An- Betty is having to this question. <laughs> you can see the mental gymnastics taking place on Betty's face and be like, do I say it? Do I say blowjob? Do I say it? Am I too high to say blowjob? Um, no, I know it doesn't stand for blowjob, but what, no, what does it stand I'm, for? I'm pretty sure it's Benjamin Jr. So he's a Be- he's a Benny. Ooh. Oh, he's a Benny. Yeah. No, yeah, go right. Ben's. Benjamin's everywhere. Go yeah. Ben. It's a great day for Ben's. <laughs> exactly. This concludes our BJ analysis. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, and we'll probably have sort of like a draft preview episode when we get further on into, this, into the spring. Um, I was kind of hoping BJ would entertain the idea of coming back because I'm not sure how high his stock is. And the NFL draft is impossible to figure out. Um but I also don't know that his stock would be improved. If he came back and rushed for another 1,300 yards, uh, I think he is who he is as a running back, and I think he can be very good, uh, and I think he can be a, a, a player in the NFL. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Um, obviously, he got you know some information that he'll be considered a, a decent prospect from a handful of organizations, and I hope he is, and I uh, hope he doesn't have to wait nearly as long as Jamar Jefferson did. Uh, to hear his name called uh, draft weekend. I'm still pissed about that and still can't believe it. But um, yeah, so. He reminds me of like a, t- on a 49ers perspective, he reminds me of Elijah Mitchell, kind of the same stature, sty- like size back yeah. who in the right offense, clearly, I mean, like who knew Eli Mitchell before <laughs> this last year and a half, right? Like it wasn't like he was this dude. I mean, that everyone was like, couldn't chop me the bit to see play, but in the right offense, with the right, obviously line and quarterback, he could he could play in the league and be pretty successful. For sure, for sure. Uh, also, Agreed. not coming back will be a, a tight end, Tegan Quitoriano. Um, but positive news uh, on uh, on his front: uh, just accepted an invi- invitation to play in the East West Shrine Bowl, which is one of you know several of the uh, 
all-star showcases uh, that start at the beginning of a uh, draft season. Uh, he's the first beef to uh, get an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl since uh, Gavin Andrews and Tristan Decoud did in 2016. And the first Beaver tight end to do it since our pal Tim Uis back in 2003. Yeah. Uh, that nugget, uh, courtesy of our friend Carter Baines over at beaverblitz.com. Uh, shout out Carter. Um, and hell, hey, Carter. yeah, shout out, shout out Tegan. Um, that's a, that's exciting for him. Those, those games do, you know, play a pretty big role in the in the draft process. And if you have a good showing in the, the week of practices beforehand and in the game itself, you can really improve your stock. Do you, do you know where uh, analysts are sort of projecting him to be in? I have no, I haven't read the draft thing about the draft yet. I would imagine probably not super high yet. But right, um, he's definitely you know like Yogi Roth said uh, when he was on the show like we have we have NFL tight ends like just guy, guys you know that are right. NFL tight ends uh, in Tegan and Luke Musgrave so I think he can, he can for sure play tight end in the National Football League I'm not sure what his stock is going to be uh, but I also think of him the same way as like BJ I'm not sure how much his stock would be improved by coming back another year. Right. And doing it again. Like, you know, the right. NFL evaluates talent in a very um, just set in stone kind of way. So I don't think there's, you know, tons of opportunity in guys that come back. I think, honestly, it's it's sort of the the Matt Leinart rule is that, he, like, he came back for, for another year, and he was Matt fucking Leinart. And he would have been the number one pick had he gone early. And he really, you know, his stock went like way down, you know, only from like the first pick to like the seventh pick, but. Well, and I mean, also like if you're a player that's looking at getting picked in one of these later rounds, you're probably looking at the current batch of running backs and tight ends going in 2022's draft versus 2023's draft. And I don't know, you know, if 2022 is significantly lighter in each position, but if it is, sure. that would obviously go into yeah, their decision sure. making as well. But yeah, um, East West Shrine Bowl. It's a game. Uh, I don't. I don't watch it every year because uh, I'm not that big of a nerd. Um, but you know, back in my, uh, I, I I love the NFL draft. <laughs> you, you guys, even though there's so many things about it that I hate, but just the process of it and then the actual draft weekend itself is something I will be a sports nerd about forever. So, uh, really looking forward to getting to see uh, Tegan do his thing at the East West Shrine Bowl. Hell yeah. Where is it going to be this year? I don't know where it's going to be. It's been in New Orleans in the past. Um, we talked about this, though, before. Remember, it was at Keysar Stadium in San Francisco, Stanford Stadium, and then it started bouncing around a bit. Okay. Right. And and most recently, it was at the Trop of all stadiums. Right. <laughs> Wait, the, de- the Ray Stadium? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Jesus. So Carter's <laughs> Carter's thing on it, or no, just the thing on Beaver Blitz, uh, just has it for 5 p.m. Pacific time kickoff on February 3rd, and can be seen live on NFL Network, but it doesn't say where it is. Oh, oh it's Alleg- in Vegas, Vegas Allegiant Stadium. Oh, Pretty nice. Yeah. Oh. that's cool. That's what's that's very cool. Yeah, that is such what a difference. Yeah, we're no kidding. We are already happy for you, Tegan, but now we're really happy. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas in Vegas in early February. Should we go? Should I fly oh, out? God. 
That's that's weekend in between Andre Day and our uh, our, our basketball <laughs> pilgrimage. So I'll just I'll I think just stay with JP that all yeah. three weeks. Stay with yeah. JP and his children all all three weeks. Yeah, and, yeah. You and just your, have to babysit them and your Roomba <laughs> that wakes up at four thirty in the goddamn morning and <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh man! All right, yeah. we don't have much else, but uh, since we're reaching the tail end of this episode and we're gonna blow it up, uh, on that note, you can watch uh, the demolition crew responsible for blowing up the west side of Reeser Stadium. Uh, there will be a live stream of it on January seventh at osubiris.com. So cool. at osubiris.com. January 7th, that is this Friday. Uh, they haven't set a time of day. Also, listener, you can't see this, but Benny Weehage is frozen <laughs> in a hilarious position right now. <laughs> I saw you starting to laugh at that, JP. I just had to say something about it. I know we're probably supposed to ignore things like that uh, in our 30th episode. We're podcasting professionals at this point. Oh, and there's Benny dropping from the call totally. And oh, back. he's back. Wow, he's back. that was he's fast. Back. He's back. Uh, and ben, unfrozen. Congrats. Benny Thanks. Zoomed is being blown up harder than the west side of Research Stadium this Friday, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, before – actually, one, a couple of observations. One, it the old side looked beautiful in the snow. Absolutely gorgeous. And it, it, it Everything feel, looks beautiful in snow, but it, Yeah, so it made me feel a little sad and nostalgic again for it, even though it's the ugliest, worst side of any – probably any Pac-12 uh, sporting venue – and I can't wait for it to be gone and replaced with what's going in there. But it just kind of made me be like, oh, look at it. It's all covered in snow and cute. <laughs> like me at the Winter Classic yesterday. I was covered in snow and I was cute as a button. <laughs> but, but the other part was um, it was weird. They only really tore out the seats yeah. with the excavators just on the part of it that was – on the dirt, which is just still funny that they built yeah. a stadium just like on top of a dirt mound. <laughs> the uh, not the, even like a measured out dirt mound. It's like they just took bulldozers and just scooped it into a general area. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big mound. The uh, <laughs> west side is where the press box is, and that was the first press box I ever got to go inside of. See, so for, and how many have you been in nice. since uh, the last ten years? A bunch still. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's still allowed to make career adjustments, Jay. <laughs> but for a young kid who dreamed of being a sports writer, seeing the inside of the press box at Research Stadium was like amazing, even though I discovered quickly that most other press boxes are nicer than this. Uh, <laughs> that was, you mean the first time you walked in and the visiting beat reporter was like, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two press boxes that you spent the most amount of time in would have been Reeser and Providence Park, right? Um, back then, Geldwin yeah, Field. Back, Geldwin. back then, Geldwin Field. Probably, right. yeah. Those are the two most sketch press boxes that I know of. Well, <laughs> one especially. It does. <laughs> it, it does look like it's just hanging off the top and could come down at any second. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it won't. But it will when the big one hits. When um when you can uh like where they have like the food and stuff set out, there's like a lookout at like the far end of that, and if you look out like from the corner of that. And then just lean a little bit. You do feel like you're about to fall a very yeah. long way. <laughs> I know. I know that catwalk wasn't built in 1926, 
the stadium was, but it sure yeah. like I would be nervous walking. But it's on. a catwalk in a building which foundation was built in 1926. That's right. <laughs> right. That's that was a fun one too because uh when you'd like leave or like oh you're like there's that catwalk that goes from the stadium the press box to the stadium and it goes over that like one section of people. So anytime you just like would go out during the game and like walk through it, drunk people would just like look at you and yell and be like <laughs> and try and get your attention and shit, and, <laughs> which is fun. But also I just be like, ah, I wish I was doing what they're doing and not working right now. <laughs> that's how I feel all the time. Terry, Terry that's what you do anyways. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't drink on the job unless belligerent beeves becomes their job, in which case I will continue to drink. On this job, uh, well, good. That's the re- that's a requirement of the job. Right. That's neither here Benny. nor there. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you will have a beer on the show again someday. Someday, soon. yeah. Some tune point. in. Tune in to figure <laughs> out which episode it is that, that Benny finally has a beer when the when Beavers you- win the national championship in something. That's how you'll leave a show on a cliffhanger. Tune in next week to see if Benny drinks a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well this uh this concludes another episode of the belligerent <laughs> beeves podcast of uh, hope uh you're listening to this uh day the day or days after a minnesota vikings victory at lambeau field led by our legend our king a great young manion sean manion and Ooh. if if not just it, this season's been whatever i'm so over it um, but thank you for, for rocking with us again. Uh, hope you had a great and safe New Year's and that uh, 2022 has gotten off uh, to a great start for you, uh, listener. Um, hope uh, we get to keep uh, hanging out with you on this show um, for the rest of 2022. Uh, Patreon details are coming soon. They're coming Yay. soon. I'm making it public to hold myself accountable. I've heard I have, this before. I have written. <laughs> yeah. I, there's a Google Doc with shit in it it's been sent and shared uh ben maybe check your junk folder when when i said it to jp it went into his junk folder oh no i saw it pop up yeah it popped up it popped up it we're popping up and uh popping and popping down um, popping off and popping and popping <laughs> off in 2022 and you don't want to be here for every bit of it so like and subscribe you can review shit on spotify now or you can rate on spotify now so please give us one two three four five stars on the spotify app uh and also on apple Podcasts if you haven't yet thank you again for being with us for this first episode of 2022 season two of the belligerent beefs podcast episode 30 in all dirty 30 yeah yeah dirty 30 thriving and flirty it was our flirtiest episode the next 10 episodes are gonna be so fucking flirty i can't wait um <laughs> so i'm about to go watch the vikings uh play football i won't make any predictions here <laughs> they will <laughs> they will play the, in this game though thank you for listening to another episode of the legend of Peace podcast i'm terry horseman at terry horseman on twitter uh please you know follow me hang out and also do the same for my esteemed co-host jp bertram at the trio j and benjamin lawrence sebastian we hit h at benny l 1986 uh thanks again uh we'll be back next week recapping uh hopefully some big basketball wins and maybe even some more good football news and uh 
stadium gymnastics and gymnastics starting up and all kinds of shit uh well we'll be here every every week uh for the for the whole year as dependable as jp on the peloton uh you can always (laughs) count on another episode coming your way again i'm terry horseman thank you for tuning in uh tuning in again next week and always 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 remember that you cannot spell chop them without hope chop them and skull baby chop (laughs) them chop them